Matt, are you there? My, what? My, Marco. I hit record and the screen started like completely bugging out. Yeah, it cut out and then came back in. All right. I haven't seen your face in so long. This is so weird. Your face right, is weird. <laughs> Two best of friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. Welcome in. Welcome to the 2M Football Podcast. And we should just say show now because it's not only a podcast. What? (laughs) Uh, That's why I have the first thing in the notes. Hello there, because I can actually see your face. General Kenobi. Wow. Uh, yeah, as you guys can see, if you're on, if you're watching on YouTube anyway, we're trying. Or to... if you're listening and you want to see it on YouTube. Hey, well, I'll put the link in the show notes. How about that? What? Look who else I've got with me. <laughs> Man, you've got a crowd over there. This, this is going to be an interesting show. Um... <laughs> I definitely want the cat's expert analysis on the draft. <laughs> I think uh, she's a fan of the Jaguars and the Panthers are, are her favorite teams. And despises the Falcons and the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the Detroit, um, the Detroit Velociraptors. <laughs> Next favorite. According to Mike's drawings. Yes. This is going to improve Detroit T-Rexes. It's all going to be very confusing if you're just listening to the podcast, but we are on video this time. To kind of celebrate a couple of uh, milestones on the show today. Another year that I haven't killed you. You're right. First, first of all, yes, this is our season finale of um, our third season of doing this podcast. Uh, it's also our hundredth episode. This is episode one one hundred. This is the one hundredth time that we've managed to get together around all our scheduling conflicts and everything. Episode number one hundred. <laughs> Man, that's that's three digits. That's right, triple digits. So I thought we could start by just taking a quick moment to celebrate that. Uh, Matt, I, I raise a Starbucks cup to you. <laughs> I raise, I, I got fancy, and in celebration of one of the teams that, that I think drafted really well as a, a competitor, I have an espresso martini in honor of the Seattle Seahawks. Very good. Well, cheers to three years, three seasons, and 100 episodes, and uh, hopefully many more to come. <laughs> and just to give, throw out a couple numbers there that I, I looked up for this. 100 episodes, we've had around 8,000 downloads um, of the show. Add it all together, it's over four full days' worth of content. Uh, and uh, 100-ish uh, late nights, mostly late nights, <laughs> of recording after the kids went to sleep. So shout out to the, the kids, too, for <laughs> allowing us to do this. <laughs> and, and my <laughs> wife, of course. 
Um, and then Matt, thank you to you for working around this crazy schedule. I can only so many times of texting you like 1130 at night. Hey, you still up? <laughs> Kids are finally sleeping. <laughs> I'm ready. And I'm usually out cold. Uh, but season one, I remember in particular, we pulled a lot of late nighters. Up. So thank you to you for, you know, making the time and adding your quips. <laughs> hey, I might not have all the expert analysis, but if there's one thing that I'm going to be known for my participation, it's one liners and amazing comebacks yes and you fill that role quite well <laughs> and thank you to all the listeners who've been with us on this journey it's been uh, like i said this is the end of our third year thousands of downloads and uh yeah 100 episodes so you're, you're part of the reason we do what we do yep this isn't just a vanity project i hope we're adding some value to someone <laughs> well easy there so let's, uh, yeah, let's make it a good one today for episode number 100. Today we will be recapping another eventful NFL draft and uh, paying a little tribute to our Mr. Man over there, the, the bad, bad man himself, Aaron Rodgers. Matt, you have your hand raised. Do you have something to say? Do you have to go to the bathroom? How, how just, <laughs> excuse me, teacher. <laughs> Wait, what is it in school? May I use the restroom? I don't know. Can you? I, <laughs> How ironic is it that, like, talk about the timing, the way all of this had to line up. It's our 100th episode, and we have an Aaron Rodgers tribute. Like, this Same. wouldn't fall on the 98th or 103rd or whatever. Like, it happens to be a big milestone for us. And then it turns out it's not just us it's a big milestone for. Yeah. <laughs> Everything happened for a reason, I guess. Um, so let's start with the draft. At a high level, how would you describe, uh, Matt, at least from your personal experience, what took place over, you know, the last three three days last week uh, that the draft was held? I feel like it goes the same way every year. I feel like your first one through four-ish picks are typically pretty mild, but it doesn't take long for everything to go off the chains. Um, and I think that the... Uh, I mean, I haven't even seen professional analysts that can predict these trades that occur or these swaps and picks and stuff. And then I think that adds to the chaos sometimes the people they take. Like I'll, the classic callback would be the Bears trading up one, you know, to, to get Mitch Trubisky, right? Like those yeah. are the types of trades where it's like, you know, you wish you were in the war rooms to kind of figure out what they were thinking because we don't understand it. But clearly people in that room were all like, nah, this is the best decision we're going to make. Um, I don't know. I didn't think it was I thought it was wasn't overly crazy, but I feel like a lot of us like we and analysts had a really good idea, too, of what these teams needs were. And it seemed like a lot of them filled at least part of those needs. Uh, through through the draft so it's going to be exciting I think we got a good group of rookies coming in so it's going to be interesting to see the teams that are the superstars if they continue that status versus the teams like the Texans and even the Lions who like were fighting and scrappy like adding a couple of pieces to them where does that take them Mm -hmm. yeah totally agree I think that's pretty much spot on it's like that it's usually a general consensus around at least the first pick first couple of picks and then uh, things get crazy pretty quick. And uh, that's pretty much what happened in our mock draft. That's what played out, especially on Thursday night, the day one, round one. Um, 
yeah, it was a whole lot of fun. And so what we're going to do is go through all the picks first and then give more general thoughts. And let's go through the picks. So I, I ended up, um, I don't know if we're going to have any fan, fancy visuals, probably not, but I do have a little bit of color coding that you, at least Matt, can appreciate in the notes. There's oh, green, oh. there's yellow, and then there's there's boring. The rest would have been red, and I didn't want to make us feel bad. So <laughs> I, I just left it. You know it. what? I counted it up, and I think we, we actually didn't do terrible, all things considered. Could have been worse. A lot of yellow, which is actually kind of impressive. Mm -hmm. But I'll let you go through kind of what the what those mean for us looking at it. Yeah, okay. Because so, I don't read the notes ahead of time. That's no fun. Even though it's the same document two weeks in a row, you still didn't read it? <laughs> no. That's okay. I was going to try to come up with something snarky there, but no. No, I expect at this point it's fine. Uh, all right, so yeah, the first overall pick by the Panthers, as we both got correct, was Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama. I think that was pretty much where the consensus landed. Um, yeah, so no surprise there. No surprise with the second pick either. The Texans uh, taking quarterback as well, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, um, also as we predicted. And then this is where we knew something was going to happen because the Cardinals didn't need a quarterback, but they had a lot of other needs. So it made sense for them to trade down, which they did do. Uh, what I did not see coming was the Texans being the team. So the Texans had the number two pick. Then they traded back up from 12 to pick third as well. And they so they took uh, Will Anderson, the edge rusher, also from Alabama. So they took, you could argue, uh, the top offensive and defensive player in the draft, uh, depending on yeah, your personal rankings of the, the quarterback. The Texans killed it this draft. Like, they yeah. have a, they got a lot of strong positional players. So, like, they... They're doing something good there. It, it, it's, it's not exciting or it's not – I don't want to say the word exciting, but, like, it sucks for the rookies, right? They're going on arguably the worst team in the NFL. They're yeah. clearly in a complete – not just rebuild, but overhaul of everything. <laughs> like, they have no identity. They have no parts. All of the, the key components of that team for years are gone. So it's like this team is just absolutely in – complete overhaul from the ground up but if they train these rookies right i mean it could be it could be a dangerous team yeah you could look at it either way right as like a mountain to climb they're in a terrible situation also an opportunity to become like the face of that franchise and and in theory lead them to the promised land uh we all i think we have opinions on what's more likely to happen <laughs> but uh there's always the hope right so, uh, yeah, the Cardinals trade down, Texans traded back up to number three to take Will Anderson. And then the Colts drafting fourth. We both knew they would take a quarterback. Uh, I had Will Levis. That's oh, that poor guy. Expecting two based on his reactions. <laughs> Rob the night. So <laughs> creepy. And, uh, but it was, in fact, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, as you predicted, who the Colts had a uh, third on their board as well. So that was a... Don't ask me how I figured that one out, but I also didn't predict Will Levis to go on day two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was one of the uh, one of the storylines throughout the night was Will Levis. Poor guy was there in person, was definitely just expecting... Just being angry. <laughs> yeah. The camera, they just wouldn't stop showing him. Just looking at his phone, he was so mad. He was like, come on, guys. What am I here I for? Mean, to the point where he didn't show up 
he was actually at the draft location day two because yeah. he's you like, know, yeah. And then even though ironically then he was like the first pick of the second round. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the, the Colts take him forth. They get their quarterback of the future and maybe the present, although Gardner Minshew will have something to say about that. Mr. Uh, handlebar Mustache himself. <laughs> right. Minshew Magic is back. He has it. Yeah, we'll see. It's all about the facial hair from him. Uh, all right, picking fifth was the Seahawks, who we both had taking a defensive player. We both got the particular player wrong, though, as they went with Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback uh, from Illinois. Shout out to um, yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, you jumped night. the gun a little too early on that because you had him going at seven. Hey, he went even earlier than I had him, so <laughs> good for him. And then uh, the Lions traded, or, or this is where um, the Cardinals Another trade happened. Yeah, so the Cardinals had traded down to 12. They trade back up to six uh, to take Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle. So good move for them. They're trying to protect a franchise quarterback of their own. And then the Raiders, which uh, you nailed this pick. I'm very impressed. They took Tyree Wilson, edge rusher out of Texas Tech. Um, yeah, great call. Freakishly athletic pass rusher. He's going to be good. The Raiders were one of those teams that had so many holes on the roster. Almost anything would have made sense here. But, but um, I feel like the issue's yeah. always been on defense. Like, they have offensive playmakers, even without right. Carr there. The defense couldn't keep them in games, and that's a phrase I've repeated through all 100 episodes is offense gets you in the game. I can never remember it. I can never remember exactly what it is, so yeah, say it again. <laughs> offensive gets you in the game, but the defense keeps you in the game. There you go. Words of wisdom right there. Because, yeah, they've got um, – Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs had a breakout year. Um, so they've got enough pieces on the offensive side to do damage. Uh, now they've got a solid defensive edge rusher, too. The Falcons picking eighth. Uh, this was probably the one that I was proudest of getting right for myself was Bijan Robinson. They took the superstar running back out of Texas. Great um, call with that one. So the, I think it's the third year in a row that he's a high first round pick on an offensive player going back to um, Kyle Pitts two years ago, the tight end, Drake London last year, and now uh, Bijan Robinson, the best uh, consensus, best running back in this year's draft and the best running back prospect I think we've had in a few years. We haven't seen anyone go this high since maybe Fournette was like a top five pick. What, was five he seventh? Ago? He's seventh overall that year. Um, The only thing that a lot of people have pointed out is that running backs that go this high in the draft typically don't really pan out. And so the question becomes, did the Falcons pay too much? Simply because you had Clyde Edwards-Alaire a few years ago for uh, for the Chiefs that went super high, and he kind of fizzled out. Fournette was solid with the Jags, came over to to Tampa Bay and was – decent kind of had a little bit of a resurgence but he never really found his footing for for most of his time yeah and i just saw so, that he just declined uh ceh's fifth year option so he, neither of those guys got a second contract with the team that drafted him in the first round again so, you're talking though like a team that has components they just need another semblance of, of of an identity so the question is does it go through robinson or does it go through through the passing game that we're going to have to wait to find out. Yeah. 
and they don't even know who is going to be running that, leading that passing game this year. It's either going to be uh, who did they signed uh, Henneke, right? But they also have the guy they drafted last year. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Matt, help me. No, this is more fun to watch you struggle, suffer. It's not Malik Willis, right? Because he went, he's on the Titans. Um, I don't know. There were no no good QBs last year, but the uh, Desmond Ritter. Thank you, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> yes, Desmond Ritter or um, Henneke. But whoever they have, whoever is uh, at the helm, will have a stud running back at least to help out. The Bears traded down. Uh, they had the ninth pick originally. Eagles traded up to nine to take Jalen Carter. Dominant defensive tackle, uh, who I had going even higher than this, but he's got some off-the-field issues going on right now, some legal trouble, so I think that's why he might have slid a little bit. But if he uh, gets that resolved... I thought one of the Eagles' defense that was, like, really good there. up until, like, the postseason for some weird reason. Well, then they, Patrick Mahomes does that to people. <laughs> but, yeah. They had a the defensive line was sort of the the heart of that team I would say and uh, or at least the defense and he they lost a few pieces in free agency so this made a ton of sense that they would be the ones it's almost not fair that the team that was in the Super Bowl also picking in the top ten in the draft but uh, that's just a team that's arrow is pointing completely up they're being managed really well right now Eagles are set up for long term so. <clears throat> I'm really happy with the the next three. I didn't get the player right, but. Right. So the Bears, tra- yeah, it was just one pick. The Eagles traded up to nine. So the Bears down to 10. Uh, they used that pick on uh, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, I believe. Offensive lineman. Out of some school. <laughs> out of a college. Tennessee. Tennessee. Out of college. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that was a, something I think we both predicted for the Bears was um, get some protection for Justin Fields. He's their core. He's their guy. <laughs> and they've got some receivers now. You could have argued they need a running back as well. But, um, yeah, offensive line made a lot of sense for them. <clears throat> Titans were picking 11th. They took an offensive tackle as well. Peter Skoronsky out of Northwestern. 12th was uh, originally the Texans, which they traded to the Cardinals, who then traded to the Lions, who ended up with the 12th pick. And Gotta this, love draft day. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many arrows on the notes, Doc. It's like a team A to team B to team C. <laughs> but wait, there's more. This was the Lions pick, ultimately. And a bit of a surprise here, they took Jameer Gibbs, the running back, um, out of, why did I not write this down, out of Alabama. I don't know. You make the notes. I just don't read them. <laughs> so that was a little surprising. We saw two running backs then going in the top 12. And the Lions. Well, I, I had a running back picked for them, however. Oh, yeah. You had Rashawn Johnson. Yeah. I did. Uh, okay. Well, then maybe it's just me then. I was surprised. <laughs> they took a running back here. Um, I really well, because the 11th, 12th, and 13th, I nailed the position. I just didn't get the right player because, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't get all the credit now. <laughs> yeah, so the Lions take Gibbs. It also led to them trading uh, away DeAndre Swift the next day in the middle of the draft. Um, yeah, he sure made that Swift exit, didn't he? So bad. 
you're lucky there's kids. Uh, but yeah, so it'll be him and David Montgomery, <clears throat> Gibbs and Montgomery, splitting that backfield. Should be a solid combination. And then uh, that brings us this to Packers. <laughs> See again, I don't know why you're so hopeful on these things. You, you, this is where I would say you should have known better, and you <laughs> instead go for blind faith as per usual. Nah, they got this. Mike, what did Green Bay draft at thirteen? Uh, well, was it a wide not, receiver? It did not draft Quentin Johnson, receiver out of TCU, as I had predicted and hoped and prayed. <laughs> uh, they they took a linebacker, as you predicted, or like a linebacker edge rusher, Lucas Van Ness, and uh, I've been calling him the Van Ness monster, which I felt felt good about. But I saw on uh, Reddit the the Luke Ness monster, which makes so much more sense because like Lock Ness, Luke Ness. Anyway, they took <laughs> Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher um, from Ohio, you know, Iowa. <clears throat> it was somewhere in the Big Ten. And uh, yeah, I don't know any, I don't know enough about him to say that it's a terrible pick and I hate Brian Gutekunst forever. But <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. Well, not that 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 it's a bad person or a bad player, just the fact that I hate I hate the general manager for Green Bay. <laughs> I just I can't the whole front office just needs to be fired. Yeah, so it was just uh funny to see them continue not uh not drafting offensive players in the first round. Uh, you know we'll, what? It's or, consistent though, right? Yeah, it is consistent. And we'll talk more about the Packers because what they did on day two and day three of the draft, they did make some moves to address uh, the offensive side of the ball. It's just funny to see them use another first round pick on a defensive player. And I have a stat, but I'll just say it now. 12 out of the last 13 years, the Packers have drafted a defensive player in the first round. And the only first round round pick in there, do you know who that was? Uh, and, uh, in the past 13 years? He's going to be the starting quarterback for them this year. Jordan Love. Jordan Love is the only offensive player they've drafted in the first round in the last 13 years. <laughs> really? Yes. It's hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Look it up. I'm pretty sure that's right. I'll keep going. The Patriots picking 14th uh, traded down. The Steelers traded up to 14 to take Broderick Jones, um, edge rusher. So he will pair with uh, T.J. Watt on that defensive line. Should help. <clears throat> huh. The Jets picking 15th after the, the Aaron Rodgers trade. Um, they went with Will McDonald, fourth, I believe, linebacker from Iowa. Should make sense for them to shore up the defense, too, even though that side was pretty good, particularly in the secondary with Sauce Gardner. But good pick for the Jets because they should be good on offense. They should be all set. They've got Brees Hall coming back off of injury. He was so exciting uh, as a running back. Yeah, they got this new quarterback, apparently, some from from the Midwest. Some guy who's clean-shaven, clean-cut now. He looks so weird. (laughs) Um, He just has to keep his phone in his locker, and he'll be fine, unlike his predecessor. (laughs) Commanders picking 16th. Oh, you mean this guy? I have my uh, Brett Favre Jets jersey on for those of you just listening on audio. <laughs> That's going to be another, as we move into um, hopefully more videos in our upcoming fourth season, 
uh, can finally put this collection of jerseys I have that's been just collecting dust in my closet, put that to use again, maybe wear a different one every show. We'll see. Um, Somebody catches on. Wait a second. He already wore that one. <laughs> I've got enough to get through a couple of shows. <laughs> Commanders picking 16th to cornerback Emmanuel Forbes, whose school I did not write down. Sorry. You are terrible at this. <laughs> the Patriots were 17th after trading down uh, from uh, with the Steelers. They took Christian Gonzalez, cornerback. Uh, the Lions also had the 18th pick. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm questioning my own notes now. Yeah, the Lions had two first-rounders because of that Stafford trade. Uh, yeah, so the Lions picked 18th as well, and they addressed the defensive side here, taking linebacker Jack Campbell. No relation to the head coach? <laughs> as far as I know. Could be could be a nepotism draft pick. Who knows? The, uh, Campbell the animal 2.0. I feel like I missed a trade in here. Now I'm freaking out. The Buccaneers ahead at 19th. Took uh, Kalea, Kalea Kansi, defensive line lineman out of Pitt, who I saw compared to Aaron Donald. So if he's any, if that's anything close to a reasonable comparison, uh, great pick there uh, for them. Yeah, talk about you know being hyped up when you're compared to someone like Aaron Donald. Right. Um, Seahawks picking 20th. They took the first receiver off the board, and they started off a run of four straight wide receivers drafted here. Um, they took Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I, I've heard other people pronounce it that way. So sorry, I butchered it in our, in our mock draft. <laughs> so yeah, JSN is what the kids are calling him online. So I'm going to stick with that from now on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they took a, a receiver and, uh, now he will be their third receiver, presumably alongside Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So yeah. Seahawks took JSN, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. That's the last time I'm going to say that. <laughs> uh, so they, with, two, with their two first-round picks, they took the top-tier defensive back and the number one receiver on the off the board. So great draft for Seattle. Uh, Chargers at 21. Uh, this was one that I got the position right, but not the player. Uh, they took Quentin Johnson who out of TCU, who I was hoping Green Bay would draft 13. Um, and yeah, receiver, as we talked about in our mock draft, made a ton of sense for them with um, Mike Williams' body made of glass and Keenan Allen is old. So, <laughs> you know, he's probably younger than me, but <laughs> he's probably younger than us. But for an NFL receiver, getting up there, a little long in the tooth. So a receiver made a ton of sense for them. The Ravens took a receiver, too, at 22. And I guess this is probably a good spot to mention that they did agree to uh, – they reached an agreement with Lamar Jackson on a contract extension. I think he had something like 200 – almost $200 million in guarantees for a five-year deal. So good for him. He gets his extension uh, the same week that um, – who was the other guy? <laughs> Help me. I don't even know where you're going with this. The same week as that other guy, Mike, yeah. there's like 700 other players. Well, no, someone else, another quarterback had a big contract extension last week too, but whatever, it doesn't matter. We're talking about the Ravens. They uh, extend Lamar Jackson and they give him a new receiver. So 
They signed o- Odell as a free agent, and now they bring in Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. Why does it seem like all of a sudden the Ravens are actually trying? <laughs> We're out of nowhere, kind of, right? <laughs> Gives me hope that one year the Packers will just go on a receiver splurge. All right, picking 23, the Vikings continued. Oh, you're back. The run on, yeah, that was a quick one. The Vikings continued the run on receivers, uh, taking. Oh, sorry, no, the Ravens took Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, who is I had them taking in my mock. Uh, sorry, I got my columns mixed up on my spreadsheet here. The Vikings took Jordan Addison with the 23rd pick. And then, um, yeah, and they had a hole to fill after losing Thielen, or, or well, voluntarily, they cut him. <laughs> they released Adam Thielen. <laughs> so they needed someone new to slot in uh, across from Justin Jefferson. The Giants traded up to 24 from the Jaguars to, so that the Giants could take uh, Deontay Banks, cornerback out of Maryland. And then the Bills actually traded up to 25 to take Dalton Kincaid, the, the tight end superstar, um, yeah, receiving all-around blocker as well. Um, you know, what you have to understand is when you edit the audio, it's really easy. Yeah. <laughs> I have to edit the video for this. You can't just dip off like that, like you've got other things to do. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, You're not. You, should have, uh, you should have something prepared next time, like a little puppet show or something. <laughs> See, you're, you're ready. Mm-hmm. All you need are yeah, a couple socks with googly eyes and you're good to go. <laughs> you don't think I will? I hope you do. Genuinely. <laughs> I want to watch that myself. All right. So, yeah, the Bills uh, get Dalton Kincaid, add him to an offense that already has Stephon Diggs, um, that other dude. Wow, I'm really blanking on names today. This is the other dude. I can't believe you just said that. This is what happens when I try to ad lib. I can picture him. He's number 13. Diggs is 14. So the guy's 13. He's really good. (laughs) Anyway, wow, this is really sad. What do you think about Dalton Kincaid, Matt? And I'm the one with alcohol. <laughs> I didn't tell you what's in there. Gabe Davis. There we go. Sorry. I think Kincaid's solid. I think he's got many components that make a good uh, good tight end. He can block and he can catch, which <laughs> I feel like that position, that's kind of the direction it's going in. Uh there's a lot of opinion that towards the end of the season, Josh Allen regressed a little bit, like towards the end of it. So having just another offensive weapon, I think, is going to help. So depending on how they utilize it and if they can establish anything in the backfield, which we both agreed has been an issue in Buffalo for a while, is no backfield presence, that this could potentially help by blocking for the run game to open up a lane on the edge or to just add another sort of safety valve target to try to just give somebody else for Josh Allen to throw to. So I, I'm, I like the, I like the, I like the player. I like the pick. Yeah. And we both had him going a little bit earlier in the round. So it's good value for them as well. Uh, so the Cowboys picking 26th took uh, Maisie Smith defensive tackle. 
So the, the Jaguars ended up picking 27th after trading down uh, with the Bills. And they took Anton Harrison, offensive tackle. Uh, <laughs> 28th was the Bengals, who took Miles Murphy, edge rusher. Uh, 29th was the Saints, who took Brian Breeze. Wait, did they really? That's funny. Because we were talking about his uh, potential relation to Drew Breeze, even though it's spelled differently. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to get someone named Breeze on the roster to <laughs> excite the more fans. <laughs> Guys, there's a new Breeze 2.0. Breeze is back. <laughs> like, wait. Yeah. Um, the Eagles had the 30th pick, too, and they took Nolan Smith, edge rusher, out of Georgia. And then, um, Oh, and we talked about uh, DeAndre Swift getting traded earlier. The Eagles were the ones who traded for him. So they now have a great uh, Miles Sanders replacement who left in free agency when healthy, which has been an issue lately. But It's not even fair now with the Eagles. Like, it's just not even fair. Like <laughs> In terms of top teams going into 2023, there's like the Eagles and then there's a gap between like the Chiefs or the Bengals as the next one. And it's like... You want to try to, like, make that a closer comparison. But, like, after this, you can't. I know. It, it's like once you become a contender, it goes in one of two directions. Either, either you're the Rams and it's literally Super Bowl or bust and Super Bowl and then bust. <laughs> so at least they got their Super Bowl. The Eagles didn't win, uh, but they are well set up to com- contend, like, and I feel like there's enough depth there that they can overcome some of the issues they've had in the past few years where you lose a, a player or two and it can run you on this 3-4 losing game streak, put you out of home field advantage and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, the Eagles roster, man, like, it's just not right. It's great. And it's a young roster. It makes no sense. How have they done this? <laughs> Someone needs to copy this blueprint and uh, because it looks really good. And then with the final pick, remember there were only 31 picks in the first round because of the Dolphins losing theirs uh, for tampering. The Chiefs took uh, Ed Rusher, Felix, and DK Uzoma. And that was oh, that's a wrap on the first round. Uh, so what did we learn? Yeah, what did, what did we learn? Uh, we learned the Packers hate Jordan Love. And offense in general. <laughs> they just signed a, his fifth-year option, so I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Actually, it wasn't the fifth-year option. It was a, an extension instead that can save them money if it turns out he's terrible. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So best moments and biggest surprises. Uh, we already talked about it a lot. but yeah. And I assume you did look this up and fact-check it for me. But, yeah, the Packers have not taken a wider haven't, – haven't taken an offensive player – since Jordan Love, and they haven't done it. And that was the only time they've done it in the last 13 years. <clears throat> I do want to be fair to the GM, <laughs> because in the second round... Go on! It's your Packers corner here for the show. Um, they did take... One of two. A wide receiver, yeah, well, yeah. Well, that one is... The next one is Jets corner, Packers and Jets corner. <laughs> they did take a second round wide receiver and two tight ends. Uh, one of whom is is also a good pass catcher, apparently. Uh, and I didn't write down names because I never heard of these guys anyway. But uh, so, you know, they did something. But even still, the wide receiver depth chart is just 
ugly to look at after Christian Watson and uh, Romeo Dobbs. Well, it just puts them in that position of an injury away, and all of a sudden, that's it. Even right, even healthy, it's a gamble. So one person gets hurt, and it, yeah, it's all over. <clears throat> so maybe we don't need to be that fair to uh, Mr. Gudekunst. The no, Texans we already talked I got about them. Name for him, but I can't say it. <laughs> I think I know what it is. The Texans. Uh, we already talked about them. Pretty stunning move by them to draft. They had their second pick and then traded back up to number three. And, uh, yeah, running backs being back in style with two being taken in the top ten. couple day two uh, picks. Joey Porter Jr. getting drafted by the Steelers, of course, with the first pick of the second round. It was just tons of fun. And then, yeah, Will Levis. Will Levis' long wait was ended with the 33rd overall pick, second pick of the second round, uh, when the Titans traded up. And yeah, sadly he wasn't there in person anymore because <laughs> after, after like it's for us it's funny, right? To watch the constant camera pans, but like I can't imagine like being frustrated, but I would also feel like that should be motivation. Like you slid, but chip on his shoulder now. I mean, when you really break down the teams, yeah, there was a handful of quarterback starve teams, but there was a lot more positional players taking. Like, I feel like the first round was a pretty good mix of defense and offensive, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, safeties, wide receivers. Like, you took a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. No so picture. it felt like teams were playing to their need as opposed to, like, well, there's five good quarterbacks. They all need to go now. Like, mm-hmm. they addressed their concerns. At least we feel like they addressed their concerns. So, but I can understand from his standpoint, like you've been, I think somebody said there was like a 0.0 or 0.1% chance of him not going in the first round. Oh yeah. And to hit that on the head is like, it's pretty incredible odds. Anyone bet money on that? Yeah. They probably made a nice payout. <laughs> uh, then there was also, I don't even know the player, but I saw the video of uh, the, some of the dra- uh, Cowboys drafted in the later round was like the, the son of one of the scouts or something someone who worked in the organization and he called him up and, said, and asked him uh, want to come to work with me tomorrow <laughs> and so that was for the cowboys yeah mm-hmm. i don't know who the player was but um yeah that was cool i don't know anything else on the draft it, the, the other the, the funny thing about the draft is everyone every website out there has winners and losers grades for every team the fact of the matter is we won't know on any of these players for like three years if it was a good pick or not (laughs) team wise Uh, i would say that the the eagles and the seahawks i think made the made the most out of out of their their picks this year i mean the eagles just got scarier and and i feel like the seahawks adding that third adding a few more weapons for Geno Smith to take a little bit more off the plate just to allow it to develop naturally. Like it's, it's a really good change from what we've seen in Seattle where they've always addressed seemingly kind of like green Bay. They address the defense a lot, but they never seem to really invest in critical components on the offense. And here I think Seattle is renewing itself. Like it was in its heyday 
where it was a very competitive team with Russell Wilson in the helm. And he had all the weapons there. He had, they had the run game with Marshawn Lynch. They had a set of receivers out there that could that could take the pressure off, but still give the quarterback its need, if need be, to be able to make the magic happen. Well, now a, you've got Geno Smith. The leads in a boom too. Sorry. Yeah, and the defense. It was a complete team yeah. that made it so dangerous. Right. Yeah, and I love, like you said, I love what they did in this draft with their two first round picks. They they took a defensive player and an offensive player. So should. And both things should make uh, Gino, life, Gino Smith's life a little bit easier. Give him another weapon and, in theory, a, a, another shutdown corner uh, for the defense. And I'm not even going to talk about how we did in our mock. We did fine. I, I think it was a pretty solid mock from us. We each had uh, three or four correct picks and several more correct positions, wrong player. Uh, so nice work, man. I'm proud of us. High five. <laughs> So let's take a uh, quick break and then we'll come back and tribute the great Aaron Rodgers. And we are back <clears throat> for those of you listening on or, watching. or watching. We have been here this whole time, but yeah, for those of you just listening, we're back after that short musical interlude. And uh, I thought we should. It's only fitting. We're both Packer fans here, even though I'm wearing a Jets jersey. <laughs> We're both Packer fans here. So I thought it was only right that we talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and his time as a Packer before he moves on into the next phase of his career. Oh, he's so great. Yeah. Ooh, one Super Bowl in like 20 years. <laughs> and the team and the fans enter a new era as well um yeah what you said basically sums up what i had written down here <laughs> that's like a third of a page of notes i just did in two sentences but uh as packer fans we've gotten to mostly enjoy you know the last 15 years of quarterback play thanks to more mr. like 30 uh, years mr disc well let me finish my sentence man no <laughs> Thanks to Mr. Discount Doublecheck himself, who has been here 15 years. Um, a couple of fun little nuggets here. When Rodgers made his first start. In oh, the that's a team in Denver. In the post-Brett Favre era. <laughs> okay. you're, you're not wrong. Also <laughs> a delicious uh, food item. <laughs> okay. When Rodgers made his first start in the post-Brett Favre era, we were in high school, and the Packers' top receivers uh, were Greg Jennings and Donald Driver. Holy crap. That was a personal favorite of mine growing uh, as, a, as a youngster. <laughs> and he just, Rogers gave us so many great memories over the years from the relax year, the, the run the table quote, I own you, and just how generally... He and the Packers dominated the NFC North division over that whole time. Specifically the Bears. Yes, right. That was, which was amazing. Just what a great moment that was. And for <laughs> those who really don't think about rivalries, I just want to make you a point that during that time, too, there was a coach for Chicago called Lovey Smith. And in his first interview, they asked him, well, what's kind of your goal for this football team? And what does it tell you when a coach says, not we want to take on the Super Bowl, but our first goal is to beat Green Bay. 
That's yeah. what the Rodgers era encompassed in the NFC North was the Chicago's new head coach's only goal in that moment to that answer was to freaking beat Green Bay. And then we'll <laughs> worry about the Super Bowl. Right. Right. It's like we might only get two wins this year, but they will both be against the Packers. That was basically his uh, his sales pitch of himself. <laughs> the Bears sure have never that, been the same since, ironically. Not sure how well that worked out, but um, anyway, yeah. It's funny living in Chicago in the Chicago area. Like everyone I know is Bears fans around here, and um, you know they don't even trash talk me. They can't. <laughs> what are they, What are they gonna say? Uh, but we're entering a new era now. As well, I now said. they're going to come out of the woodwork with the new Jordan Love era, and they're going to, like, the first five games that he's terrible, they're going to be like, oh, Green Bay is terrible. Like, I'm sorry, do you want to see our banners hung on the wall here for a minute? And, um, yeah, did you also remember that Aaron Rodgers' brother was on was The Bachelor one year? <laughs> no. Okay. That's only a fact you would know. You missed out. Um, Was it a good season? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm all in on uh, Love is Blind, Married at First Sight. That's, that's more our speed these days. Oh, jeez. Not you too. <laughs> uh, of course, he did give us that Super Bowl win over Pittsburgh. The and only one. <laughs> the Sure, yes. He won. Hey, you know what? He won every Super Bowl that he was a part of. A 100% win rate in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Just like Favre, I think. Was he even in the second one? I, I can't remember one. Of course, I was only five years old when they won their first, but the, the one with Favre. You, you don't remember? <laughs> I don't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday, Matt. Um. And yeah, just like his predecessor, Favre, the relationship between Rodgers and the team and the fans has definitely gone south the last few years, and especially in the offseason with uh, the... Yes, the Favre won. played in two Super Bowls, winning one and losing one. Really? Who did he... When did he lose? Who did he lose to? Uh, so, won Super Bowl 31 and lost Super Bowl 32. Wow. I didn't even know they were in it back-to-back years. Okay. 97-98. Man, I didn't remember when I was six. Come on. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, even though he did, doesn't leave on the, the greatest of terms, what do they say? What's that saying, Matt? Time heals all wounds? And <laughs> we shouldn't let uh, the way it ended tarnish what, what he's accomplished in the last 15 years. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And... Um, Statistically, he leaves Green Bay as the franchise leader in touchdown passes with 475. However, he did fall short of Favre in terms of passing yards, uh, game-winning drives, and also interceptions. I mean, come on now. Rodgers threw uh, 105 interceptions as a Packer. Do you know how many Favre threw? <laughs> yes, you do. So, like almost three times as many? Almost three times. 286. <laughs> And I think Favre is the NFL all-time interception leader as well. I so. do just want to point out that I think the eras have changed, though, too. Like, Favre was the gunslinger, right? Like, it did yeah. not matter to him. He was going to throw the ball as hard and as far down the field as he could yeah. and then, like, get mad. I would have to say that uh, Rodgers at least has the precision. He can throw it. 
and what I will lend credit to is neither one of us looked this up, but think about how many game winning Hail Marys successfully won from a from a Rogers Hail Mary. Like part of that's the relationship with his right receivers, right? And part of that's pure luck. Like that play is a total gambit. But I don't think I've ever seen as many successful plays like that than with Aaron Rodgers. And I think that lends credit to him as he puts the ball where his receivers can get versus Favre just throws the ball. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Favre, no, no, the purple guys are bad, but they caught the football. No, no, the green guys catch the football. All right, I got you, coach. Like, if you add the interceptions to his uh, completed passes, he's probably got, like, 100% completion percentage. <laughs> Every throw landed in someone's hands. Right. Um, but, yeah, as Rodgers goes to the Jets now, how do you see this going for him? It's really hard to say. Like, I guess it's really – these are the changes, kind of like with Brady, right? Does it prove that they are truly as great as everybody sort of hypes them up to be? Was it systematic? Was it the coaching staff? Like, what is it? A good quarterback or a great quarterback, let's make that a little bit more of a term, can transfer systems and still be a star. So I think it puts less pressure on on Rodgers and more on the Jets staff because it's like, okay, you've, you're getting your players back that were healthy last year you made this dynamite of a trade deal to get you know a hall of fame first ballot hall of fame quarterback you have you know you we've drafted some key positional players here it's go time and what happens if they can't perform whose shoulders does that fall on is it going to be rogers that gets kind of hung out to dry for being washed up and his career kind of crashes does the Jets staff you know get put under the microscope now being like how do you not make this work now it's it can be either a match made in heaven or a match made in hell, depending on how the first year or two kind of play out with this. Yeah, well, it's interesting how you talk about the system and stuff, because Hackett is there as the offensive coordinator. He's, Lazard is there. I just saw today they're probably Randall Cobb, Cobb too. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, OK, is it the pressure on Rodgers? I don't know necessarily that it is because it feels like the front end, the front office is getting the pieces, basically Rodgers list yes. of pieces. <laughs> and so it's like, all right, we made all of this happen. Mm-hmm. Now you have to make you on the field have to make it happen. And I think that puts more pressure on the coaching staff than it does Rogers. Rogers is a first round ballot hall of famer regardless. Yeah. The question <laughs> is, what does he do to New York? Yeah. I, it seems like he's, I think he's got plenty left in the tank physically. He'll, he will turn 40 this year and there's no guarantee that he's back for a second year with the jets. Uh, I think it's very unlikely that they win the Super Bowl this year, and then and then all the pre- all the pressure is on. Uh, I mean, this is going to look like a bad deal for the Jets if he only plays one year and they don't win this. You know, if they don't make a deep playoff run, it, it won't have. Been- or at least make a massive step. You're talking like seven, eight win season, and show like we're making the transition. We can do this next year. Yeah. Like if if they if they go in and they're under five hundred. Oh, it's not, not going to look good at all. But again, the question begs then, who gets the blame for that one? Like, well, yeah. can you put it on Rodgers? I guess that depends on his numbers this year, right? 
Yeah. Like if, again, if he throws more, let's say for some weird reason, he throws more interceptions and touchdowns where Rodgers is going to take a lot of the heat. Mm-hmm. We can also argue how is it's rightfully deserved because we gave you all the pieces, but now it's like, okay, well, was he being coached right? They brought in Hackett, like you said. Like, it's just so weird that this could be either, again, a match made in heaven or the worst, like, complete breakdown of a decision-making by a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I feel like if they don't at least, at the bare minimum, make the playoffs, I think it'll just be a huge bust of a trade for them. Um, But I'm excited just as, like, a – I have no ill will towards Aaron Rodgers. You know, I don't think they play the Jets this year, even though for – drama purposes that would be ideal <laughs> but I don't think the Packers are going to be very competitive I'll say that right now uh, at least this year I'm excited I'm excited for both sides I'm excited to watch Jordan Love and see how he starts to progress and really see him in his can we get career. six or seven wins that's all I'm asking for I'd be, Love. I'd be thrilled with that and I would be, be like yes no playoff chance but like we're under 500 we're going six and ten I'm <laughs> fine with that give me the reverse Lovey Smith at least beat the Bears <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah and i'm so i'm just so intrigued by the the jets of it all because they were pretty solid at times last year they've got a good defense they've got good players on offense they've got the reigning offensive rookie of the year and garrett wilson at wide receiver and they've made big moves and a lot of moves all off season yeah. so it's like they're gearing up for something so again this could be the greatest decision as a franchise by getting all these pieces and setting themselves up yeah or it just completely just or is it just a stepping stone for rogers to get to minnesota stop to to complete the the no journey (laughs) but no in all seriousness i did just want to take a minute of our show and just thank aaron for everything he gave the packer nation over the years and uh we'll see what comes next and that's our show for today, Matt. Um, season three is in the books. They were finally to the part of the year where we and just about everybody around the NFL takes a, at least in some cases, a well-earned break. And um, you'll hear from us a few times in the coming months as we, I think we're working on some things for season four, including doing videos more regularly. Um, and other, what other updates from your from your voiceover I never released. So we'll get that out there sometime soon. Hey, it's been chaos, all right? Like, I've got... We're working on stuff. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, suffice to say. We're working on stuff. We'll be starting up again regularly around late July when NFL training camps open. And until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on another wild journey through another crazy NFL season. And uh, thanks to you, Matt, for another year of scheduling conflicts. And <laughs> congrats on the 100th episode. Here's to a hundred more. Ugh. One more cheers it up. Clankies. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the gridiron.